In case the title of this episode didn't tip you off, this is your warning that today's episode is of a more mature theme and might not be suitable for our younger listeners. Are your little ones curious about their bodies and you aren't sure how to address it from a biblical perspective? Are you looking for practical ways to respond when your kids touch their private areas? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode of Ask Ginger. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you find our podcast encouraging and helpful, would you prayerfully consider making a one-time donation this month in celebration of our three-year anniversary? Just go to gingerhubbard.com support to give any amount. Another way you can help support our mission is to purchase Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Listeners, we are so thankful for the opportunity to encourage you each week, and we really appreciate your support. Your donations enable us to further our mission, to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee, and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Our listener, Anna, says this, My kids are grown and I don't have grandkids yet, but I love your podcast. It is full of great wisdom from God's word to help young families today. I share your wisdom in my counseling ministry and I'm so appreciative of your excellent work in your ministry. I love that. And Mm -hmm. our listener, Christina says, this podcast is a blessing. It's been on my heart to restructure the way we discipline and God led me here. I can't thank you enough for your guidance, instruction, and resources to help point my kids back to God in all circumstances. We also want to say a very special thank you to Charles Birchwood, who has been a faithful supporter of the podcast over the past year and a half. Well, hey there, Ginger. I am really excited for another episode of Ask Ginger. We also call it Q&A Day. And today we want to follow up on a previous Ask Ginger episode called When Kids Masturbate, which interestingly enough, wound up having its title censored on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were actually, yeah, we were actually at the beach on family vacation <laughs> with all of our adult kids when I found out that the title had been censored. Katie, I think you and Heather actually sent yes. me a boxer about it. And I was so disappointed because the title just read when kids M, the letter M, <laughs> the next eight letters were replaced with symbols and then ended with a letter E. So all the people got was the M and the E. And as soon as I saw 
that the title had been censored. I remember explaining to my husband, standing there at the condo at the beach, um, explaining to Ronnie that I didn't think anyone would be able to figure out what the topic was actually about. So I didn't think anyone would actually wind up listening to that episode. And Ronnie completely disagreed. He thought that most people would be able to figure it out and that even if they didn't, he felt the censorship would pique curiosity. So there we are standing in the condo debating our opinions when two of our boys walked in. Neither of them knew that we had an upcoming episode on that topic. So I showed them the censored version of the title on my Apple podcast app and it was so hilarious they both stared at it for like a minute and then my youngest stepson jackson said oh i've got it it's when kids menstruate (laughs) (laughs) so so we all got a really good laugh out of that but actually my point was made people did not know what it was about i we actually (laughs) we might need to do that episode ginger um and force jackson to weigh in on it no i'm just kidding that that would be weird for everyone Let's not do that. Yeah, probably a little traumatizing. (laughs) So yeah, let's not do that. All right. So anyway, we've had several of our listeners write in after listening to that episode on When Kids Masturbate, um, asking if we would address the specifics of how to discuss masturbation with really young children who are struggling with it. Our goal on this podcast is always to point parents to the Word of God and offer practical advice as far as how to discuss uh, sensitive issues from a biblical perspective in age-appropriate ways with our children. So I very much appreciate you guys bringing it to my attention that I was, I guess, strong on the former, but fell short on the latter. Looking back on that episode, you guys are absolutely right. I I feel like uh, that I thoroughly covered what the Bible has to say about self-gratification, but I did not follow through with practical ways for how to actually address it and talk about it with small kids. Right. And I want to state from the outset that Ginger and I aren't licensed counselors. I don't believe it's necessary to be a counselor to share wisdom from God's Word on this topic, but I do want to share that my opinions on this are evolving as my children grow and mature and as I research and talk to friends and counselors. Uh, Even my counselor and I don't fully agree on this topic, and I'm okay with that. So I I don't have it all figured out, uh, specifically the fine line between curiosity and sin, but I'm very open to the leading of the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom as I guide my own children in this way. Um, So I'll give a quick summary of the Ask Ginger episode we're following up on. And as Ginger said, it's called When Kids Masturbate, Not Menstruate. Uh, Jackson, seriously, that thanks for the chuckle. Um, We laid out how we can point our children to the Holy Spirit to take captive lustful thoughts and live self-controlled lives and be lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. We're told in Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17, to not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. God has graciously given his children many pleasures to enjoy, including sexual gratification, but they're to be enjoyed within the boundaries God has set. Fornication of any kind, even self-fornication, does not line up with God's command and design for sex to be a unified expression of marital love. Masturbating is a self-serving indulgence. It's self-stimulating, self-pleasuring, and self-gratifying. The common denominator there is self. Uh, It has nothing to do with serving and pleasing a spouse or serving and pleasing God. 
That's right, Katie. Our bodies are not our own to do with as we please. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20 say, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Masturbation is almost always a sign of a lack of self-control, an addiction to self-gratification that's not triggered by lustful thoughts or pornography is still an addiction to self-gratification. It's living to please the desires of the flesh, which leads God's children away from his will. Second Timothy three warns about being lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Right, Ginger. But there is another fine line I want to point out here as well, because I know we'll have many who might disagree with us on this topic, and we're totally comfortable with that. Uh, But there's a difference between curiosity and exploring one's own body on the one end and full-blown addiction on the other. So we are careful not to conflate the two, basically saying any self-gratification always does or will reach the level of addiction, but we also don't want to throw up our hands and say, eh, all bodily curiosity is natural and shouldn't be discouraged. I mean, if that were the case, we could just allow our kids to indulge in any number of other pleasures without limits because we don't want to confuse them or shame them. Most of us as parents would never say to our kids each morning, kiddos, eat all the cake you want because we're so concerned they'll have a negative relationship with food. Of course we don't do that. We know that it could lead to all kinds of overindulgence and problems with idolatry in the future. So I believe that this kind of curiosity and pleasure can follow similar patterns. We don't want to shame our children. Absolutely not. But we also don't want to allow them to believe that God's word doesn't have anything to say about pleasure and how to enjoy it rightly. God is the Mm. creator of pleasure. And he has a lot to say about it. Mm, that's that's so good, Katie. And, you know, whether children are toddlers or teens, God has called parents to point them to Jesus and encourage them to honor and glorify him in all they do, whether that's teaching them to put off lust or put on self-control. First Corinthians 10 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So while the Bible does not say that masturbation is sinful in and of itself, we should have conversations with our children in accordance with their age and talk about what the Bible says about taking captive lustful thoughts living self-controlled lives and being lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. Right. And again, we're talking about the discussion we had back in episode 139. So if you missed it or just want to go back and take a listen, find that one. You may have even skipped over that episode because the censored title on Apple Podcasts was a little confusing. But we're going to delve in today to taking this on from a different angle with younger kiddos. And so I'm going to read a couple of questions we received or comments uh, following that episode. Our listener, Sarah, writes this. I listened to your podcast on masturbation, particularly for very young kids. It was helpful and informative. However, I thought y'all stopped shy of giving parents advice. Talking to three-year-olds about self-control and using bodies to glorify God is all well and good, though I doubt it will have much effect, without also training them in ways similar to training for other things. If my child was sucking his thumb to soothe himself and because it feels good and I wanted him to stop because it's causing blisters or sores to his God-given body, would I explain all that to him? Or would I use techniques like distractions or replace the behavior with a different one, like stroking a soft stuffed animal? 
if a child reverts to touching themselves, could we not also intervene practically by persistent replacement of that behavior with an alternative? If behavior is seen, address it, then give an alternative. Here, let's do this. I just felt like the podcast lacked practical advice. This is such an important topic and definitely one the world does not need to answer for us. Perhaps more thought on this topic could be given. Thanks. And then another listener, Amanda, wrote to us saying this. Hi, Ginger. I recently discovered your podcast within the last few months. I have read your books and have enjoyed gaining more wisdom and practical tips from your podcast. Thank you for all that you do. Whenever I saw that you did an episode on masturbation, I was excited to see what you would have for your listeners about this tricky topic. Please know that this feedback comes from a place of such love and appreciation for all the work that you do to help parents raise their kids in a biblical way. I was disappointed with how this topic was addressed on your podcast. It was obvious that you address masturbation from the point that it is a sinful behavior, which I agree with. However, is it really best to address this topic with a three-year-old from the standpoint that she is sinning? You say that it is likely she is not masturbating with lustful thoughts or intent, but I felt at a loss at what to do and how to address it when that heart motivation is not from a place of lust. Is it not normal for young toddlers to explore their body and realize what does and does not feel good? Is it not good for them to know that their private parts are good and made for their pleasure within God's boundaries of marriage? I was hoping for some ideas on how to biblically discuss this topic with a toddler and felt like the bulk of the episode was establishing how sinful this behavior is. Would love a part two. So here we are. Well, that's <laughs> right. Two. Here we are, part two. <laughs> and, and hello, Sarah and Amanda. First, I just want to thank you both for writing in and asking such great questions. Yes. Sarah, you are right in that there is no benefit to over-explaining anything to a three-year-old. They just don't have the mental capability to comprehend in-depth explanations and extensive instructions. But they're never too young to start speaking the truth of God's word to them. It just needs to be done in ways that they can understand. For a three-year-old, that means keeping it very short and very simple. Children learn to comprehend the meaning of words by repetition in the context of the moment. They learn to say, mama and dada, because mama and dada stand over them repeating those words constantly. And it's the same with scripture. They learn how God's word applies to their lives when it's constantly taught to them in the context of the moment. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 talk about the commands of God and the importance of parents impressing them on the hearts of their children. Those verses say, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. There are no age stipulations on parents teaching their children the truths of God's Word. We are to impress them on the hearts of our toddlers just as diligently as we do the hearts of our teens. The only difference is how we interact and communicate as we instill those truths in age-appropriate ways. In other words, communication with a three-year-old is going to sound much different than communication with a 13-year-old. I'm happy to give an example of how how you can practically address the issue of self-gratification with a toddler in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the difference in sin issues. A three-year-old indulging in self-gratification is different from a 13-year-old. A three-year-old is not even aware of sexuality. 
but a 13-year-old is. There is absolutely nothing sinful about a three-year-old exploring their body parts only to discover that there is a part that brings pleasure when touched. That has nothing to do with the sin of lust, so you wouldn't address it as such. But it has everything to do with self-control. A lack of self-control in any area of our lives, no matter how old we are, leads to overindulgence. And overindulgence in anything leads to bondage. The problem with a three-year-old who's found that touching a certain spot a certain way brings pleasure is that they will naturally go back to that spot over and over. It can quickly become a stronghold in their lives. There are toddlers who are so addicted to pleasuring themselves that they can't even control themselves in public, which brings about a whole new set of issues and problems for them, not to mention those around them. I was going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The longer children indulge in the addiction of self-gratification, the stronger the hold it will have on Mm. them. So it's not something we should ignore or dismiss just because they're younger. If it goes unaddressed, the stronghold will tighten as they get older over time. And as they get older, the sin of lust will likely enter the picture and fuel the addiction. Mm -hmm. If we don't encourage self-control, which is a biblical command, we risk our children becoming enslaved to a sinful addiction to self-gratification. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress. We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. I completely agree, Ginger. And just to refer back to my earlier example, we wouldn't treat any other pleasure this way with kids. We wouldn't notice our kids going into the cookie jar once, twice, 15 times a day and not say anything for fear that they will have a negative view of food down the road. I mm-hmm. think this is often an overreaction, maybe to the frustration that many people have with the shortcomings of purity culture that has harmed so many people in the past. And in my opinion, both extremes here fail to address the heart and point the child to the true source of all pleasure. And yes, we can even do that with our three-year-olds, whether they fully comprehend it or not. Right. Uh, So, Ginger, one common denominator in all the questions we received after we aired the episode on masturbation was this. How do we talk to our toddlers and our young kids about this issue? We talk to them the same way we would if we were teaching them not to whine. In the same way we say, sweetheart, God wants you to have self-control with your voice, we say, sweetheart, I know that feels good, but God wants you to have self-control with your body. Just one simple sentence like that impresses God's word on the heart of your toddler in a way that they can understand. It doesn't have to be 
wordy or complicated, just break it down in a very simple way so that you're faithfully teaching your toddler about God's command for self-control in the context of the moment, which is how they learn best. Sarah, I love your idea of offering an alternative to addictive behaviors. That goes right along with God's instructions in Ephesians to put off our old selves and put on our new selves. So Katie, go ahead and read the next question, and then we'll talk about offering alternatives for the struggle of self-gratification as opposed to consequences. Sure, because the next question is in regards to the consequences of masturbating. Katie in Alabama writes this. Thank you guys for talking about this. It feels like such a taboo thing to talk about among other parents, but I know we all deal with it in different ways with our children. I have told my five-year-old daughter not to touch or play with her privates, and she does. How do I handle that? At first, I would give a consequence because I felt like it was disobedience when I clearly said, do not do that. But then I stopped giving a consequence because I didn't want to create shame for her later down the road. I kept catching her doing it in a sneaky way, like at bedtime or when she knew I wasn't around. So then I felt like that added a layer of deceit to an already awkward thing for me to handle. I have been at a loss for how to handle it. Now, when I catch her doing it, I just say, don't touch your privates. That is gross and there's lots of germs. Then my mom suggested I pray with her and that we ask the Lord together for self-control and that when she's tempted to do it, I pray the verse, create in me a clean heart, O God. Do you have any other suggestions for me? Well, hi, Katie. I love your mom's encouragement to pray with your daughter and ask the Lord to help her have self-control. That is excellent advice. But I would recommend steering away from saying that touching herself is gross. Mm -hmm. That might cause confusion. Our children should view their bodies as beautiful in every way, not gross. And I know when you say that, you're not referring to her private area as being gross, but the act of pleasuring that private area. But even the fact that God made that area pleasurable to the touch is not gross. It's just that it's a pleasure God commands to only be shared between a husband and a wife. So for the toddler, simply address it as an issue of self-control, as we discussed earlier. And if you want to add that it's a pleasure that is to only be enjoyed between a husband and wife, I don't think they're ever too young to hear that either. Again, just keep it simple. Something like, sweetheart, I know that feels good, but God wants you to save that pleasure to enjoy with your husband when you get married. As far as consequences, I recommend addressing young children touching themselves as a bad habit to work on breaking rather than as an act of direct disobedience that requires a consequence, Mm -hmm. just as we would a child who sucks their thumb or bites their fingernails. It's more of a bad habit that takes self-control to overcome than a blatant act of defiance to parental authority. Also, as with any bad habit, it's always helpful to replace the bad habit with a good habit. We did an episode with Sonia Schaefer on breaking bad habits in children, and one of the many profound things she said uh, really stuck with me. She said, we move toward what we focus on. Mm. You know, I've never really thought about that, but it's 100% true. Ronnie would be really quick to tell you that it's certainly true of me when I'm driving. 
I have to drive a lot of times when we're traveling um, so that he can work. And according to Ronnie, when I look to the right or the left, I slightly steer the car in the direction I'm looking, which is why it makes him nervous when I don't keep my eyes on the road, which is also why he finds it necessary to constantly remind me to keep my focus on the road instead instead of minding his own business over in the passenger seat. I'm driving next time we go somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all that to say, Ronnie's observation of my driving does make the same point Sonia made. We move toward what we focus on. And it's the same with habits. So in that episode we did with Sonia, she encouraged that rather than focusing on the bad habit that we want to get rid of, we focus on the good habit that we want to put in its place. I was going to suggest that same episode, Ginger, because I agree with you completely. This is much more of an issue to address as a habit than a matter of disobedience or sin, especially in our younger kids. It isn't unlike any other bad habit we're trying to break in our children. And again, I know we will have some listeners who disagree as to whether or not masturbation or self-gratification or even, you know, touching is a bad habit. And I'm comfortable with that. Uh, we can agree to disagree on that. Um, but Ginger, I do think some of our listeners will agree and want more information about how to help their kids focus on what to put on rather than constantly fixating on the bad habit. So practically speaking, what does that look like? Well, after simply explaining to the toddler how God wants them to have self-control, offer an alternative go-to plan for when the child is tempted. Maybe keep an activity book or a favorite toy close by to help refocus their attention. Honey, when you feel like touching your private area, use your hands to color in your book or use your hands to play with this toy. Having a plan of action for something else to do with their hands when they're tempted can be a real game changer, especially for young children. Now, for older children who are struggling with masturbating, logical consequences can be super helpful. Masturbation often stems from lust with older children and often involves images they're seeing on their devices. So a wise and certainly appropriate consequence would be to take away the device that's fueling the temptation, be it one or several devices. Then, after some time, if they seem to have overcome the struggle, and if you decide to return the devices... We very much recommend you have high levels of count- of accountability on those devices. We gave several recommendations for how parents can hold kids accountable on any and all devices on the When Kids Masturbate episode. So you'll find all the information you need, as well as links to some excellent resources in those show notes. Right. And listeners, if you struggle with how to explain the deeper sin issues of masturbation and encourage your older children and teenagers with scripture, you might consider having them listen to the episode we did uh, called When Kids Masturbate. Everything we discussed in that episode was insightful, biblical, and completely appropriate for older children or teenagers to hear and process. Um, Now, I've come to know our listeners well, and I'm sure some of you want to ask how old is old enough to listen to all that was said in that episode. So, Ginger, lest we get requests for a follow-up episode to our follow-up episode, uh, at (laughs) what age would you say a child is old enough or mature enough to listen to that episode? Well, I think that's up to the discretion of the parent. If you're uncertain about their readiness, I recommend going back and listening to that episode without them first. But I will say, if you're seeing signs of them being old enough for lust to play a part in masturbation, they are definitely old enough to listen to that episode. In fact, I highly recommend that they do. 
Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Yanisa from Florida. She says this, A few nights ago, our family of five, mom, dad, four-year-old, and set of one-year-old twins sat together for dinner. My husband and I mentioned how special it is that we get to have dinner together. We shared that not every family makes a priority of sitting around the table for meals. Our four-year-old was silent for a second and then asked, do they stand together for dinner? (laughs) So literal. (laughs) I know it. It just cracks me up how literal they are. And, you know, actually, though, I don't think standing for dinner is a bad idea. I find that I sit way too much. So, so Yanisa, I think your daughter's kid quip might actually be a good quick tip for some of us. See, I'm guilty of standing while they sit and eat. I just stand at the counter, and that's that's not a good habit for me. Well, listeners, if you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash kidquips, that's Q-U-I-P-S, to submit those. Well, Ginger, thank you for coming back for this follow-up episode. Can you leave our listeners with a final word of encouragement? Whether children are toddlers or teens, God has called parents to point them to Jesus and encourage them to honor and glorify Him in all they do. And that includes honoring and glorifying Him with their bodies. So in accordance with their age and level of maturity, let's be faithful to teach them what the Bible says about living self-controlled lives, taking captive lustful thoughts, and being lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. And as always, let's pray for God to do a work in their hearts as only he can do. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us and for submitting these questions today. If your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Not sure which resource to get? Today, we're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books and study guides, the Wise Words for Moms chart, as well as the CD and digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. This is a $95 value for only $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubber.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because... I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.